Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. And uh, back again, it is an incredible day, incredible day. In a few minutes, I'm going to talk to you about this Candace Owens uh, uh, Periscope video that she shot. Pretty darn extraordinary. You're going to want to see hear about that. And also, amazingly, a letter from General Mike Flynn. Now, I won't lie to you. I was speaking to him and being in touch with him in the last few days, so I knew something was coming. It's a very short letter, but I'll read that to you, and we'll talk a little bit about that. That's a big deal. But first of all, great to be with you. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and grab the show as a podcast. Uh, All the segments are there. But most importantly, get yourself signed up. For the Daily Wink, the daily email that goes out at 5 a.m. Pacific Time, 8 a.m. East Coast Time, every morning, weekday mornings, it has what you need to know, the Wink, which we're going to do in just a moment. It also has a few other stories and links and things that will give you a um, a great uh, perspective on what's happening. We cover a lot of ground and especially links to uh, phyllisschlafly.com and some of our work there. So I hope you'll go there and check that out. You won't regret it. So please do. All right. Let's get to what you need to know today, though. What you need to know today is, as we talked about 10 days ago, I think it is, the economy is coming back, coming back. Now, how do we know this was going to happen? Well, one way we know is about four days ago, five days ago, and we covered it here on the program, the Democrats started saying, "Um, boy, it looks like it could be that after this great pause for the Wuhan virus, um, we could be poised for a rapid set of numbers that will be extraordinary. Now, they thought it would be in two or three months when the economy started to turn back on. So this morning, the uh, jobs numbers came out, and the jobs numbers that came out uh, are so good that they are actually, here's how you can tell. What you need to know is how, can, how, how good are jobs numbers? How good are jobs numbers when the New York Times Nobel Prize winning Princeton professor Paul Krugman begins to do things like this? He actually tweets about how the um, maybe the, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics has been corrupted. That's what he actually said. So, But here's the numbers. Here's the numbers. Unemployment rate, which was at a high of 14.7% in April, unbelievable, highest since the Great Depression, it dropped a staggering 1.4% because the economy added 2.5 million jobs. Now, what they were expecting... The, the news was supposed to be that they were that there was going to be more jobs lost and that there would be um, higher unemployment. They were actually banking on something like it. So, of course, the president immediately took a turn on, on Twitter and other places and said, it's actually the greatest growth uh, in a month in history. Of course, you're coming from such a steep uh, hole. You're kind of coming out fast. But it is a big deal. And it's a huge deal in terms of what? The stock market jumped. Businesses jumped. And here's what I wanted. To, here's what you need to know. 
Yes, the jobs numbers are good. That's true. And yes, the jobs numbers are good because fundamentally the economy is strong, right? We didn't have a recession where banks and businesses failed. We had a great pause where everybody had to hold. Now, some businesses are going to fail, by the way. I'm not saying they're not. And, and some of them are going to be retail, some are restaurants. But in general, we got a whole bunch of businesses that paused. And when they can start again, they've got customers out there. They've got uh, a vision for how to do it. They've got plants. They've got employees trained and all that kind of stuff. Plus, I think there is a sort of growing sense that the China problem is going to lead to jobs returning from China to America. So you have this great um, set of uh, factors that are positioned for the, the restart after the great pause, the re, the great pause because of the Wuhan virus, which cost us billions. Don't get me wrong. Cost us billions of dollars, trillions of dollars, really. Cost lots of people their livelihood, put lo- untold stress on people. I'm not at all belittling it. There's no way we can, we can ever know really the, uh, the depth and the, st- and the massive impact of it. But what we can know is that we're in a position where we can, uh, you know, get ourselves restarted. And what we're seeing, two things I want to tell you, two things you need to know. Number one is that the mechanics, the basics of the American economy are really good. They're probably the best they've ever been because we had about a year and a half of unbelievable growth and sort of investment and people getting ready to have even more growth and more investment. So everything's positioned strongly. All the basics are in place. But here's the key number two, what you need to know. Number one, what you need to know is the economy is ready to go. So there's two factors. One, it's a good economy. It's got the basics. We're in good shape in terms of being able to get the restart going. But number two, the big one, remember I told you a week and a half ago? We've got to believe. You can't go with the naysayers. You've got to be put, you've got to put on your positivity hat. And yes, it's true. You got to go buy something if you can. You got to go out to dinner if you can. You got to sort of buy into the vision. You're seeing some of that. But mostly you have to begin to say and do. If you say it and believe it and do it, it becomes a, a community movement. And that is the psychology of success. Believing it's happening and believing it's going to get better is going to make it happen and make it get better. And so that's where we are right now. So don't be surprised by the jobs numbers. I mean, yes, be surprised pleasantly, but don't be sort of uh, frozen by it. It's an opportunity for us to realize, hey, we got more things coming. We got more possibilities coming. We've got more uh, uh, excellence and an excelling of the economy to happen. Now, let's be real. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's going, there's going to be uh, hiccups in here, right? This is not going to be a simple path. I expect two things to happen. One is we're going to get some more sick people. That's inevitable. You know, we're going to get, go back and be stronger. But it's, it's we're going to see. I think the summer is going to help a lot. But the second thing is <clears throat> some businesses aren't going to come back very strong. Some are going to be a mess. Restaurant industry, uh, some of the tourist industry, you know, big, big industries, big things that matter are going to be impacted. Sports is going to be slow to get back. Attendance at events is going to be slow. Imagine uh, concerts and things are really all. Uh, my wife and I had a schedule to go to a concert this summer with some friends, and they already canceled. It's, I think, in early August it's been canceled by the, by the uh, venue, right? So there's going to be a drag on some aspects of things. On the other hand, a lot of people are ready to go. And a lot of people got the benefit of the of the federal government, you know, the handout and, and the, you know, the unemployment, not the handout, but the coverage, the unemployment coverage and all. And, and they're getting, they're ready to get back though. They're ready to get back to work. So I think the positivity is going to be key. You know, again, buy something, sure. But more importantly, realize we're headed back up. And here's the wrinkle in the politics. 
is Trump is cutting. He cut another set of EPA regulations today. Uh, excuse me, not today, but um, uh, yesterday, I think it was. He announced them, and the EPA is cutting more regulations. You know, this time period has accelerated the regulatory, um, the, the decreasing of the regulatory burden. That has a great effect on small businesses, great effect on big businesses. Here's another one. I think a lot of local jurisdictions will be more understanding of things like outdoor dining and, uh, you know, um, changing up some of those rules and regulations. And that will make it uh, possible for more opportunities to pop up, right? Whether it's home delivery of stuff, food, home delivery of drinks. You know, people were, I think it used to be forbidden in a lot of states to deliver alcohol to home. Well, that changed, right? So our local governments are going to say, hey, we want to come back too. Therefore, let's get out of the way. Let's close some streets and put in some outdoor dining, you know. Let's change some rules on the the hours that a place can be open to allow more opportunities, right? Whatever these things will be, I think you'll see creativity. And and in the best way, you'll see it because there'll be competition. There'll be a competition amongst uh, local towns and places to move. But here's again what you need. Let me hammer it home again. What you need to know today is the economy is well-situated, it's well-staffed, it's well-trained, it's got the basics, and two, and it's coming, we're humming now, coming back. I mean, there's a lot of unemployment still, but the second one is you got to believe. You got to believe. We got to be part of the believe team on the economy. And it's not just like, oh, wow, we're doing great. No, it's it's that we have the right fundamentals, we have a long-term vision, we're going to succeed, and you're going to start to feel that. And I think... All Americans are getting that. They watch the rioting, the burning, the protesting. Everybody said, you know, there's we got to be careful about how somebody gets hurt and killed like that gentleman. But in general, burning things down doesn't make sense. Most people kind of looked at that and said, that's not us. Let's move on. So I think it was a bad, sad thing, but I think we're moving on. I hope we're moving on and going in the right direction. But be excited. Be positive. What you need to know, it's a big day, big turn, big for the economy, big for us. But now it's a big step, big responsibility for us to stay on top of it and get things uh, moving and continue moving. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Be right back. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. And uh, I told you I would tell, I would fill you in on two very important things. I don't always recommend that you go watch things on the Internet or on uh, on YouTube or Periscope. But in this case, you know who Candace Owens is. Candace Owens is a young African-American a woman, conservative. She was for uh, a long time, maybe a couple of years, she was uh, with Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA, and she's kind of out on her own now. I think she might have gotten married, and she just uh, went and did her own, is doing her own thing. Well, she posted a um, 17-minute video on Periscope. She recorded it live. It was, it's a live, uh, you know, when you see it, you'll, you're seeing the recording of a live performance. It wasn't scripted. It's her talking to the camera. She does them, she does those kinds of things uh, with some regularity. It is extraordinary. It is extraordinary. Now, she says things that only an African-American can say, and she says she's speaking to the African-American community. She's very explicit about that. Uh, but it is extraordinary. And when you need to go watch it. What she says is important. I'll mention it. I'll talk about it in a second. But how she says it, she says it with kind of incredible um, – Ease. Uh, she's telegenic. You know, she's a beautiful woman, but she's also kind of you. You. You sense that she means it, and she's not judgmental, and she's just. It's just extraordinarily well done. She uses data and facts, and um, and the, the thrust of her point 
is that uh, her own community, she says African-American community, uh, races, races meaning hurries, to make martyrs out of criminals and other bad people. She said nobody else does that. She said if you to share her example is if the white community or Jewish community or Hispanic community, if somebody's a criminal or a gangbanger or somebody bad, they don't lift them up. They put them down and they lift up the people that are successes. And so she says in the African-American community, we have this terrible uh, uh, propensity, she says, to lift up people that are really not very good role models and make them into martyrs. And she goes into the uh, uh, the Floyd situation, Mr. Floyd and his death. So you should watch it. You should watch it to see how someone handles the issue so dramatically and so well uh, from the standpoint of her own community and her own relation uh, to the truth. It's really well done. Candace Owens, you can find her on Twitter. Uh, the video's all over. If you do a search for Candace Owens and uh, and Floyd, you'll you'll find it. So that's one thing. The second one, though, that's up on my Twitter feed is an extraordinary letter from a Lieutenant General retired, you know, U.S. Army Lieutenant General retired, Michael T. Flynn. Now, I have to say, I've been in touch with General Flynn for the last couple days uh, and, and for a long time now, but I knew he was writing something. I didn't know he would put it out as a letter. He sent an email letter. It's a letter to a friend of his named Scott Kesterson. And it's a short three-paragraph letter, and I'm going to read it to you. This is from General Flynn, General Mike Flynn. It's from today, from this morning. And the letter reads this. If the United States wants to survive the onslaught of socialism, if we're going to continue to enjoy self-government, to secure the God-given individual blessings of liberty for ourselves, for our families, then good Americans must accept that each has a moral obligation to participate in the political life of our country. New paragraph. The art and exercise of self-governance requires active participation. Voting matters, but is not, but it is only a part-time engagement of the American citizens, citizenry and doesn't go far enough if we are to survive as a constitutional republic. I want to see more of our veteran and law enforcement communities become involved in the political life of America. We are a participatory experiment in governing. Without a greater commitment, we will continue our slide into the abyss of socialism. New paragraph. Here's This is an amazing paragraph. This is a letter from General Michael T. Flynn. And we must not be intimidated by the smear campaigns that will most certainly come with greater and more active participation. We will only keep America if we dedicate ourselves to freedom's victory over the socialist monster by our good citizens accepting greater responsibility. Then the final phrase of this letter, two sentences. I am not done. God bless Mike Flynn. <laughs> I am not done. I put up on Twitter, hashtag, uh, I am not done. Or I just put that phrase, I am not done. And Twitter exploded. It exploded. But think about that second paragraph here. You know, this is this is a guy who's been around. He was the highest level of intelligence in government. He fought in the wars in Afghanistan. He's widely considered to be one of the smartest and most successful, both practical leaders and theorists. Uh, you know, he he really led on some of the counterinsurgency stuff and intelligence. I mean, just a he's an experienced, savvy, uh, kind of a well-regarded general. And his second paragraph in this letter from General Mike Flynn. It says, we are a participatory experiment in governing. And then the next sentence, without a greater commitment, we will consider continue our slide into the abyss of socialism. Now think about that. That is a powerful call to the American people and one that I don't think anybody anywhere misses the significance of. 
I mean, it's a, this is this is serious. And then the but the amazing part is this last phrase: "I am not done." God bless Mike Flynn. Meaning, as I've told people over and over, come next Friday when there is a court of appeals argument that may clear the path for Mike Flynn to be finally released from his uh, his purgatory of uh, persecution by prosecution. He, when he gets loose. He is going to come forward, and he's going to have something to say to the American people. And as a sort of credentialed general, this is one of the powerful things. You know, I I blasted Mattis yesterday for what he said, but one of the reasons I blasted him is because Americans revere our generals. So they have a certain authority. So when he does actually speak, General Flynn, it will have a resounding impact. It will make a difference. And so let's go let me reflect one more second, um, one more minute on, the, on the, the, the third paragraph. The smear campaigns will come as people participate. I mentioned Candace Owens. She is regularly just devastated, called every name in the book. People are harassed. You know, if you ever if you follow Mike Cernovich on Twitter and, and listen, watch his stuff, he'll always say, if you if you decide you're going to get in this and you tell the truth, you're going to be harassed. You're going to be actually threatened. You may actually have violence on you. Mike Flynn, Candace Owens, uh, Mike Cernovich, I have a little taste of it. Michael Pack got finally through, you know, the guy that got through uh, with the uh, for the nomination for the Office of Global Media. He's been savaged for three years. He got he got confirmed uh, earlier today. Uh, excuse me. Yesterday he got confirmed yesterday. I apologize. So the the reality is this call to arms, this letter to, from General Flynn, call to participation, call to getting involved, to, to the threat that's going on. Good Americans must accept that each has a moral obligation to participate in the political life of our country. It's it's powerful. I'm telling you, he is coming. He is coming into the fray. It's going to make a massive difference. It's going to change the face, the texture of American politics when in what, let's say July 1st, he starts to speak like he just did in that letter, but all across the country and all across congressional races and all across uh, places that you haven't um, that you haven't seen yet. You'll see someone who's fearless. They took everything. They took everything from him already. They took his money, his reputation. They smeared him. They almost sent him to prison. So he's got nothing to fear. He's got nothing to fear. He's got no. He's got no. Uh, he's got no. Um, no fear that he needs to. Uh, that he needs to worry about. He, he's done with that. They've done everything they could do. He's buttoned up. He's ready to go. And, of course, he's one of the most successful uh, military leaders in the last 15, 20 years. So I think he probably has a sense. I know he has a sense of how to do this and what to do. So he is going to be coming out, stepping out and making a difference. You're going to want to see that and pay attention to it. It'll be a big deal. Let me let me uh, clarify for you what I know from his case Uh, a week from today. There will be a hearing in the Court of Appeals. Uh, it will be streaming live. I'll make sure you get the link. It will be streaming live so you can I, probably you can only hear it. You may not be able to see it, but still. And uh, that will be, I think, in the morning uh, next Friday, uh, Friday the 12th. And then after that point, after Friday the 12th, the judges, the three judge panel will have a chance to consider what they heard and then to uh, and then to um, uh, a rule on the merits of the claim and decide what to do. So it will probably, they probably will be, um, they'll probably write a, uh, you know, a, an opinion. So it's not going to come out the next week. But I believe that you're going to see because, I mean, the next day, not going to come out on Monday of the next week. But I believe you're going to see that it's um, it's so significantly, uh, so significant, it'll come fast. 
So I would say by the 15th, 16th, 17th of June, I'd expect to have a hearing, have the hearing have been uh, yielded a decision. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, you talk about participation in American life. Hal Shirtleff is going to be with us. He runs Camp Constitution, the annual camp that teaches young people and their families, their fathers and mothers, all about the Constitution. You're going to want to hear from the great Hal Shirtleff in a minute. Shirtleff, in a minute. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. An old friend of mine, this is a gentleman I've known for years now because of his good works and we have mutual friends and just it's important what he does. Is And, and, it, and I'm glad to say this is really good, Hal, because uh, I was worried about what the so many things would be slipping away. And, and uh, Hal Shirtleff is uh, the guy who has started the Camp Constitution and for many years has uh, done that. And I'm glad you're keeping it up. So first of all, Hal, welcome back. How are you today? Oh, great. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Well, it's great to have you back. And, and for those, actually, first, before we talk about this year, tell us the history of Camp Constitution. Tell us what you've been doing and what it means and walk us through it. Well, Camp Constitution is a charitable trust. We were founded back in 2009. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders. And we started off initially as just running a week-long family camp in the summer. But as time went on, we started a, a, a small publishing arm. We have our own radio show. That's a weekly half-hour show. We have a speakers bureau. We host the Samuel L. Blumenfeld Archives, which, uh, of course, Sam was a good friend mm. of uh, uh, Phyllis Schlafly. I inherited his uh, papers and much of his library, and we created the online uh, archives that's a free to historians and homeschoolers and parents and educators and researchers. And we're going to be housing a lot of his library at the Lane House in uh, Lexington, Massachusetts, which is a learning center that we're running just a few blocks from the Battle Green. So we're excited about hmm. that. And if people want, if they're ever in, in greater Boston and w- would like to stop in, just uh, give us a call. We're happy to host you, give you a tour of uh, Lexington, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, and we do, again, the, the week-long family, we also have a YouTube channel, a Facebook page, and you know, other presence on social media, but uh, it's the family camp that's our you know our biggest event during the year. Um, hey, how we're talking with Hal Shirtleff, and again, it's campconstitution.net is where you can go to look more about it. Before we get to that again, um, you know, more than ever, it feels like we've got work to do in terms of education, every, educating everybody, not just children, not just young people, about the Constitution. In a funny way, though, I've been making an argument, Hal, that they've attacked this president so much that he's almost become a one-man uh, constitution kind of uh, tool for education, you know, because they, they use the emoluments clause. You're like, what is that? They use the impeachment. They go, what is that? They article, right. uh, you know, Article three judges are doing things they shouldn't be doing, and he's appealing right. it, and all this. It is extraordinary. In some ways, it's a good time to be a constitution teacher because people keep hearing about these questions. Does that sound right? Yes, especially like the, the 25th Amendment, you know, back when they tried to say that he may have been crazy. And the 25th Amendment is a little, there's a lot in there. It, it is kind of a little confusing, you know, because you have to have a certain percentage of the cabinet members say this, and then he can come back and say, I'm not. And so, uh, but yes, it's good. Uh, and not only that, but uh, there, there aren't too many good things about this coronavirus, but we have these governors, uh, like our governor in Massachusetts, Charlie Baker, who is a very left-wing Republican, that are ruling by decree, and he mandates that we all must wear face masks. And 
You say, wait a minute now, that's not constitutional. In fact, that's extra constitutional. He has no authority to do that. And people are just, well, gee, we have to do it or we be close. Well, if you fight it, and in cases where they have fought it, they've overturned it in some, in some places. You know, they tried to close all the gun shops in Massachusetts, saying they're non-essential, but whatever that's supposed to mean. And one gun shop owner said, I got a chance to meet him. He said, I'm not, I'm not complying. And they ended up opening up the gun shops. So, uh, so yes, this is, a, it's a, a, in many respects, a good time to, for people to uh, learn the Constitution. And, in fact, I have in front of my house, I have an oversized copy of the Constitution, you know, the original. And I have a sign that says, remember, remember this, Charlie, if people are coming by taking pictures of it and, We've been at some of these uh, open Massachusetts rallies with the sign, and people are, hey, they want to learn about it. You know, my van has Camp Constitution, you know, it's got the wrap, and people are stopping, and, and we're getting a lot of thumbs up. We are out just in front of, you know, because we, all of our events have been canceled the last couple of months, so we got to make things happen, you know, the, the scheduled events that we had at various venues. So we're out there, you know, Dalton witnessing and, and uh, spreading the word about the Constitution. It's uh, Hal, tell us about the camp. Tell us what, what happens at the camp. Tell us who's a part of the camp. Tell us what you do, and we'll walk us through the dates and everything about it. Yes, well, this year it will be held at the Singing Hills Christian Camp in Conference Center in Plainfield, New Hampshire. It's about an hour north and east of, of west, I'm sorry, of Concord, uh, not too far from Vermont. And it's um, we, we, we do expect to run the camp. I was in touch with the, uh, the director of the camp itself. We don't own the facility. And there might be a couple of little things that we'd have to do, but we're not going to be wearing masks. That's an optional thing. So uh, we have, uh, as always, we always have a great lineup of instructors. And I say family. We have entire families. We have grandmas, mother-in-laws, infants. We have a program for the little ones from 5 to 11. We call it the Patriot Camp, where they learn about our history. They'll put on colonial outfits and little muskets, not real ones, but, you know, little toy muskets, and learn about our great history. And the older campers and adults, and we also have some unaccompanied adults. They like to sit in on the classes. They help out with some of the uh, details and duties. Uh, we have, uh, for example, Professor Willie Soon. He's one of the top atmospheric scientists, or I should say climate realists in the world. He comes with his family. He lives in the Boston area. And we actually tried to pay him honorarium one year. He refused to take it. He said, I'm having too much fun. <laughs> I don't have to pay us. <laughs> we have uh, Lord Christopher Monckton, the British Lord, who is a patriot and loves our Constitution. And he, he'll be back for this the third year. Uh, John McManus, I think you might know John McManus. Uh, yeah, he, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, he'll be uh, teaching a class. We have uh, Reverend Stephen Kraft, uh, who was our ch- uh, chaplain. Uh, he, he'll, he'll be doing a few classes. And also Alex Newman. I don't want to forget him. Alex Newman. Who oh, is yeah. Educator and, yeah, he's one of the top experts on Common Core. He teaches at the Freedom Project Academy. He'll be coming with his family. And we have a young, a young attorney from the uh, Liberty Council, Jonathan Alexander. Uh, Jonathan, is somebody, have you met Jonathan? He's, he's based out of D.C. No. He'd no. be a great guy to know. He's got a beautiful singing voice, too. And he'll be there huh. with his wife. And uh, speaking, will all those will all the, will all those folks be present? They'll all be there. Yes, they'll all be there. Uh, some will be there for the whole week. Oh, C.J. Pearson is scheduled. He's the young black conservative out of yeah. the area. Yeah, and so uh-huh. most of them will be there for the whole week. You know, some a few of them will just be there for a day or so, but most of them will be there for the week. So a good chance to meet some people. Uh, 
you know, as a father, one of the important things is who are who's associated with my children, you know. Well, my children, right. I have no trouble with the young people they meet there. They make, make friendships, and even sometimes you have to drive the daughter an hour and a half away to meet their, their friend, but it's worth it because they're meeting good, wholesome huh. young people. And the adults are making friends for life, learning a whole lot. And we have other activities, too. We have hikes, and, you know, we're in the beautiful woods of New Hampshire, swimming, hiking, uh, volleyball, tennis, even chess tournaments. We'll be doing some martial arts uh, demonstrations. And, and things of that nature. So it's a really full week. It starts Sunday afternoon, July 19th, and ends Friday morning on the 24th. And if people are having, we, we can't guarantee carpooling, but we have folks are coming from the Midwest, coming from Florida, so we might have a chance to do that. And if you're flying in or busing or taking a train, we can pick you up at the train stations and bus stops and airports pick you up and bring you back when the camp's over. So we don't we try to do what we hmm. can to accommodate people. We're talking. We're talking right now with Hal Shirtliff, and Hal is the uh, is the man who uh, the brand the the inspiration behind Camp Constitution. Go to campconstitution.net and you can find out more. All right, Hal, I just got a little bit less than well, a little, about a minute left, and I want to ask you though about this. Um, when you watch what's happening in this country, you, you you know you've been an observer for decades now, and you've been a teacher for a lot of that time of the Constitution of conservative values. Are you more optimistic, less optimistic? Are you more worried, less worried? You know, there's a lot of this negativity in the air. Uh, what, what's your feeling? Well, I tend to be an optimist, but not a giddy optimist, a cautioned optimist. Uh-huh. I think some of that what's happening. In fact, I live right in Boston, where there's some horrible riots. And they had planned, they have planned to do an event which about maybe 300 yards from where I live. So I'm sort of batting down the hatches and hoping, you know, that uh, we're going to defend the household here. Uh, so, but I think that this will blow up, and I don't mean this as a pun, in their faces. I think the enemies of our nation, they think that somehow they're going to pull it off and get control of the country. They're going to fail. Uh, there are too many people of goodwill that, that will, uh, at some point, the mask will come off. People will realize, you know, that, okay, this is enough of government overreach. And I think that, it, in fact, um, uh, my optimism is that this will actually lead to more freedom as time goes on. Hmm. Well, I think that's, and I think that's what you have to believe if you're, you know, it's the American way, right? The can-do spirit. All right, Hal, thanks very much. Thanks for coming on. Again, it's campconstitution.net. Go there and ch- check it out. And uh, it's, a, it's a great program, and Hal's a great man. So thank you, Hal, for the time. Thank you. All right, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Be right back. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Most people started talking about immigration when candidate Donald Trump made it a main issue of his 2016 presidential campaign. Phyllis Schlafly, on the other hand, was talking about the threats of unfettered immigration decades ago. Phyllis was a trendsetter on this important issue. And now that our nation has experienced COVID-19, America will find that Phyllis was more of a prophetess than anyone ever thought. In her September 2001 Phyllis Schlafly report, she asked the immigration question all of America should be asking. What about the diseases now being brought in by aliens? We need a public discussion about the health danger and the costs of outbreaks. Phyllis Schlafly's insight on this issue shows why her political savvy is legendary. 
Now, more than ever, Americans need to have a serious discussion about who we're letting into our nation. When we let people stream across our borders uninhibited, we can't prevent dangerous diseases like COVID-19 from coming across the borders with them. Maybe it's not politically correct to say that some immigrants bring diseases, but this isn't a time for political correctness. This is a time for facts and action. It's an undisputed fact that COVID-19 came from China. It's also an undisputed fact that America's immigration system isn't set up to screen for these deadly contagions. It's time for America to take a step back from immigration. Let's go ahead and call it the Great Pause. All we need is to pause our immigration system until we can address the very serious issue of foreign-born contagions making their way onto our shores. Once we've addressed this problem, we can reevaluate. Let's not fool ourselves into thinking the United States has some kind of moral duty to let other people come into our country. The first moral duty of our federal government is to look at the interests of our citizens. Everything else and everyone else should be secondary to this. If the federal government can't let immigrants in and keep Americans safe at the same time, then they must pause immigration. Phyllis Schlafly was right. We need a public discussion about the outbreaks brought to America by immigrants. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Thank you for being with us. And we got heading into a great weekend. I hope you have a wonderful weekend with your family and friends. Things are looking up. Hopefully we'll have peaceful uh, weekends, not uh, violence in our cities, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm confident uh, that we'll get things under control, even if there is some violence. So remember, ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Get signed up there for our daily email. And let's see, tomorrow, this is very important, tomorrow is the anniversary of D-Day. What an extraordinary, you talk about coming together to get something done. The, the number of books, I mean, it's dozens, hundreds and hundreds of books, dozens that I've read of books on D-Day, the planning, how it went, what went well, what didn't go well. But the courage, uh, just amazing. A couple of quotes from there. I pulled uh, Eisenhower quotes. Uh, one is this. You are about to embark on a great crusade. The eyes of the world are upon you and the hope and prayers of all liberty-loving people are with you. That was General Dwight D. Eisenhower to the troops before the D-Day landing. Here's another one. I put this up on social media, too. Here's from Eisenhower. Uh, There's no question at all as to the readiness of these troops. They're well-trained, well-fed, and impatient to get the job started and completed. I think he was talking, uh, my, I got a note here, that I think he was talking to the press in that one. Um, but um, the reality is uh, the anniversary tomorrow of D-Day, what an extraordinary, extraordinary um, achievement that was. It, it took all types. It took all um, backgrounds. You know, it took the enlisted men. It took the officers. It was everybody. Uh, just an extraordinary thing on June 6th, 1944. Uh, there are very few, few every day we lose some uh, folks that participated in the D-Day uh, invasion, the Allied invasion on D-Day. If you know one or if you have uh, one in your head, uh, call them up. 
Uh, or if you don't, if they're passed on or you can't reach them, you know, have a good thought and a prayer for them. I, I knew a um, young Army um, enlisted man, uh, not even enlisted, he had been drafted, uh, and he was at D-Day. I think he was in the second wave or so, uh, and he was extraordinary. He went on to actually become a Catholic priest and served for about 55 years as a priest. He died just a few years ago. His name was Monsignor Charlie Elmer, and he was in, I think he was not in the first, <clears throat> excuse me, waves. I think he may have even been either late on the 6th or could have been even on the 7th of June. Uh, he ended up m- spending more of his time fighting uh, across uh, France than he did having to fight uh, above the getting in on the uh, on the landing. You know those men that came in on that landing and had to take those cliffs. I mean, if you ever been there, and I've been to uh, Normandy, it you can't even believe it. When you see it, you can't actually you cannot actually believe that people were men were able to do that. They were coming straight up. They were shooting down on them, and they just kept coming. It was amazing. It's an amazing thing. And uh, so celebrate that. I hope you will. And so many veterans in our listening area and also listening to the show as a podcast and otherwise, uh, just, you know, in, in this time, we got to remember always those great moments where people stepped up and did something so extraordinary uh, and stood uh, tall. You know, I, on uh, Friday mornings, I, I, I am on a call. It's called the Eagle Prayer for America. Eagle Prayer for America, uh, organized by our Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, the group with which I work. And um, we get a bunch of different folks on there, and we pray, and we we ask for prayer requests from people who, um, you know, might have a prayer request. And, and we, always get, um, uh, we always get some great ones, individual ones, and things like that. But we also always make sure, and I, if, if I don't get a request, I make it myself, uh, that we get a request to uh, pray for those men and women who are serving in our military, uh, serving in harm's way. And now, in a special way, those men and women that are serving, either called up in the National Guard or working uh, overtime shifts on the blue line, right? The blue line uh, is a different call to service, but it's certainly amazingly important, and we're so proud and honored uh, that history. You know, uh, one of the things that in that um, video I mentioned for Kanye, uh, Kanye West, uh, Candace Owens. Uh, it's funny, Candace, Kanye, Candace Owens <clears throat> was speaking about opportunities for African Americans and how we need they need they. She said their community needs more jobs, more training, and all. And one of the places where we've had ext- extraordinary success is in our military uh, service by uh, by African Americans in the uh, in the military and in, in all the branches. Just extraordinary, both in terms of fighting uh, their success. You know, they're fearless, uh, but also just in terms terms of opportunities to get get to, uh, a better education move on to higher um higher uh, callings whatever it could be it's been very very effective uh, one of the things that we should be proud of and you know one of the things that when we hear the people claim and proclaim the great um, the, the the great america the great american nation is somehow institutionally racist and all as i've said and over over i agree with anyone that says there are racists in america i think there are but I don't think that America is a racist nation. I don't think our, our institutions are, are racist. I think in the military and others, we've seen incredible progress. We can get more. Let's do more. Let's have more. But, um, but let's not uh, belittle those that are serving in a way that is, uh, I think, demeaning and uh, insulting, and really downright insulting. So, all right. But listen, have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, as always, to Noah. Our technical director keeps us going, keeps things on track. Noah Dingley is amazing at what he does. We're very grateful for it. Thank you to Joanna for helping book the show out of the heart of America in St. Louis. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hope you'll have a good thought and prayer tomorrow on the anniversary of D-Day. It's Ed Martin on the Pro-America Report. Be back Monday. Talk to you then.